They love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports, violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. One thing about Big Sexy, he likes the good war. Of course you realize this means war. Oh, hell yeah. As of this moment, we are at war. Well, brother, you got a war. This is the people's war. Bring it. Our parents' war is about to become ours. Hey, yo. And so began the war. everyone and welcome to WGW Wrestling's Greatish War. My name is Jeff Moss. And I'm Ian Carey. Still, huh? Still. I, I you know, I've thought about changing it. Mm. But never got around to it. Well, you know, there's a lot of paperwork involved. There's a lot of um, appearances you have to make and you know, just think of all the mm-hmm. cards you'd have to change and it's, you know. Yeah. I think no. I think you got a good too much. You got a good thing going with this Ian Carey business. Got a good thing going. Yeah. You know. Okay. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stick it out as Ian. All right. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, and it means we don't have to retroactively go back and change all the shows. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's definitely good. Very much so. Um, this is WGW chronicling the greatish war that took place between WCW and WWF known as the Monday Night Wars. Um, if you are, this is the 44th episode of, of the show, so if you're new to it, please, by all means, go back, listen to us talk about old things, because that's what we do here. <laughs> um, and you listen get, to us relive 1996. Yeah, yeah, from, which we decided... May to December. Which we decided to do through the lens of professional wrestling as opposed to the lens of what actually happened <laughs> in 1996. Because it was, it was, you know, it was a good time, but... All we did really was drink beer and not go to high school. <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. Yeah. We were supposed to, don't get me wrong, but, you know, so it wasn't until professional yeah, wrestling. It seemed to all work out for us in the end. Uh, you know, yeah, here go we to are. class if you want to, kids. Here we are hosting a podcast about that time that is reaching literally dozens of people. So I'm very <laughs> excited to be part of it. We're at an interesting spot in the uh, the Great War, as they say, the Greatish War, uh, in that um, we're building up to WrestleMania 13 on the WWF side, which is got to be one of the best WrestleMania. I would say easily top five WrestleManias of all time. And and has arguably one of, if not the greatest WrestleMania match of all time on it. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's it's the great like one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Essentially built on one match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not even the main event. And then on the WCW side, we've got the uh, the go home show, as they say. That's wrestling talk for the show before the next pay per view, which is uncensored for them. And we have no idea what's happening at uncensored. So hopefully, we'll get some clarity on that this week. <laughs> we don't know what's happening in WCW. Yep. And uns- by the end of this episode, we are not going to be any closer either. <laughs> My thing about uncensored is they keep playing it off as like. Almost like it's a hardcore show where there's like no rules or whatever. Kind of the way WWE does extreme rules now where they're like, it's extreme rules. And I'm like, so does that mean you just enforce the rules harder? Or like, what does that mean? Yeah, the commercials for Uncensored, that seems to be what they're implying. They've got these commercials where Hugh Morris, for of, some reason, yeah. is locked in a prison. But then all of the messaging around it is that there's no rules. It's going to be this 
yeah, it's, it's very much like Extreme Rules. But that's only mentioned in the commercials for the mm-hmm. show. Like on Nitro, they never mention anything about that being the theme of the pay-per-view, which leads me to believe that <laughs> they had one meeting months ago where they're like, ah, we got to film some commercials for Uncensored. Does anybody know what we're doing for Uncensored? They're like, yeah, Hugh Morris is going to be world champion. So make sure he's <laughs> front and center in the advertisements. He walked by at the time. They're like, put that guy in it. It'd be great. But yeah, it, uh, it's... So I think it was a case of like months ago, they had the idea that that would be the theme of the pay-per-view. And then as it got closer, they're like, nah, I don't want to do that. But then they'd already <laughs> had the commercials printed well, up. And it, it was, you know, a very WCW-like thing where they change plans and one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. I imagine there was a conversation with Hulk Hogan along the lines of, so what uncensored, you're going to take this shot. And he went, whoa, brother. Whoa, brother. Hold on. <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it's uncensored. It's, a, it's like a hardcore pay-per-view. And he's like, ah, I don't do that. Put like 16 other guys in the match with me, and they can take all the hits, and I'll just run around and be wet. <laughs> So. <laughs> yes, I, I'll be wet and tan. Yes. That's that... my thing. I've made a life out of it. Really? Like, honestly, I to this day, I marvel at Hulk Hogan's tan in 1997. I'm just like, wow. You know, when do you have the time? <laughs> How do you not have skin cancer now? <laughs> Seriously. That tan back in 97 should mean melanoma now, but evidently not. At the very least. You know, at the very least. <laughs> but before we get to all that fun stuff, of course, we have to talk about... WWF Raw for March 10th, 1997. Two weeks away from WrestleMania now. Bitch, you know what I think? It doesn't matter what your opinion is. And if you're not down with that, then we've just got two words for you. Oh, hell yeah! And this is kind of a big one, because it is at this Raw. We've now moved to the two-hour Raws. They're now doing them live-ish. And we get the debut of the classic Attitude Era Raw set, which is the big Titan Tron. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if this was the first the first mm-hmm. intro. It looked like it was new. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Raw now, as well as feeling a lot more like the Raw we know from the time, it looks a lot more like it, too. You know, they're doing the yes, the split thing where, where the first half is Raw is war, then the second half is the war zone, because, see, if you're putting on a show from 8 to 10, halfway right. through at 9 o'clock, you can start showing more blood and guts if it's a new show. So they essentially would restart the program, and at this stage, they're actually replaying an intro, too, in order to be able to show more stuff. I see everything. And that, I always noticed that, like, that was always sort of a weird thing when when I was a kid, because... It would seem like after the first hour, the show was ending because they would put the little credit thing in the mm-hmm. in the bottom right hand corner or left hand corner. It's like, well, the show's not over. It's like, no, no, the show's over, but we're starting a new show right away. Mm-hmm. So interesting. But this was before PVRs, so nobody had any problems setting yeah. their recordings because true. It's also you know they probably looked at Nitro and they were like, they make a really big deal about their hour two thing. So what if we just had a whole other show? Mm-hmm. It started at our hour two. So then we don't <laughs> have to interrupt our they... Brad Armstrong matches with fireworks. <laughs> but I also found like now that they're at two hours, they have better production values. If you notice like the yes. new stage, new intro, I think they got a bunch more money from the USA network. Like all of a sudden, like whatever mm. the USA network was giving them for raw, I think they doubled it to get mm. the second hour. Cause you see more money is being invested. Mm. I mean, not just the fact that, 
they have a bigger set or whatever, but now you're doing live shows instead mm-hmm. of doing one taping once a month to create four shows. So a big budget increase for WWE is, has happened here. And it's interesting to me they chose to do it now. Like, you'd think this would be like a... And maybe we've just gotten too used to the mystique of the Raw after WrestleMania. But you'd think that that's yeah. when they would do it. Yeah, but like you said, I'm not sure... That, like, it has always been that reset button. But the Raw after WrestleMania hasn't been a big deal at this point. It's about to mm. become a big deal, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was just a, a matter of... This was sort of a, uh, a move they needed to make uh, ASAP because they were yeah. Nitro had started pulling away ever since they'd added the second hour. Mm-hmm. And if WWE didn't do something to make themselves also feel like a live event mm-hmm. as opposed to a tape TV show, they were going to continue to slide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was in many ways sort of a life saving move for WWE to get this additional Mm -hmm. money and the additional hour. It was definitely a refresh they needed. And the refresh that they really needed, of course, was WWF champion Psycho Sid, who kicks off this new era of Raw uh, by coming down to the ring and letting us know he'll be teaming with The Undertaker later on for reasons not told to us beyond the fact they're fighting at WrestleMania, so why not? Like, it's it's the classic WWF trope of these guys have a big match coming up. Can they coexist as a tag team? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like... They they do this before almost every WrestleMania now. I'm sure Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley had a tag team match at some point before WrestleMania this year. For sure. And I mean, like, but can you imagine this happening in other sports? You know, like like baseball. Where... I can imagine it, yes. <laughs> like... I often imagine how sports would be different if they were more like wrestling. Uh, that Now, there's a book I'd read. So Sid Warren's taker. All of a taker... sudden, it's the Yankees and the Mets in the World Series. But then, all of a sudden, the Yankees announced that they've aligned with the Baltimore Orioles. And the <gasps> Orioles are going to come in and provide bullpen assistance. Or, you know, stuff like that. The Mets have switched leagues. They're no longer National League. Mm-hmm. What will happen next? Oh, that, that's the one thing that I felt sports could do to make themselves more like wrestling in a way that would be entertaining is to have mid-game free agency signings. Mm, definitely. So, like, if you're on the Yankees, midway through the fifth inning, you could sign with the Boston Red Sox mm-hmm. and then, like, purposely strike out your Knicks that bat rip off your Yankees jersey to show a Boston Red Sox jersey underneath, and you turn around and go, I'm going to Fenway. Give a long, impassioned speech about, you Yankees fans turned on me, (laughs) you know? And the Yankees fans would be like, yeah, we did, you suck. Rule number one, don't bother sucking up. I already hate you, that's not going to change. Sid Warden's taker that he needs to stay in the cemetery. Ooh, take that, taker. And uh, Sid's going to put him there, so stay there, but Sid's going to put you you know what it's fine um then the undertaker's <laughs> music hits and he wanders down to the ring by himself this is cool because you know we don't hear taker talk a lot at this time um yeah so he grabs a mic we and hear says, sid talk a lot oh he does talk yes um sometimes Whoa, he even makes sentences taker like the rest of us doesn't believe that sid's logic makes any sense he wants sid to say that if he's scared just say it dude and then he says, I'm not going to be your partner, and I'll deal with mankind by himself. 
and then of course later on he is his partner and they deal with mankind together um, <laughs> in a match with Vader as well so Paul Bearer Vader and mankind make their way down to the uh, the aisle during this promo because it's getting this is I guess the birth of the promo parade I'm going to have the biggest and bestest parade ever Bearer mm-hmm. calls everyone a coward no one wants to face Vader and mankind yes 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 you know and they all brawl uh, Vader hits Taker from behind but Taker thought it was Sid it's confusing it's chaos! So much so that later on, Mankind cuts a promo so long that Raw just goes to commercial. <laughs> he just starts talking, and Raw's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, uh-huh, and we're out. And he's still talking. They hadn't quite figured out live commercial breaks at this point in WWE, evidently. No, no. So, uh, to jump ahead, our main event for the evening, Vader Mankind versus Psycho Sid and Undertaker. Uh, Vader and Mankind win the match. Taker leaps off the apron and accidentally hits Sid. Goodness gracious. It's amazing how wrestlers can get so clumsy. Sid and Taker uh, brawl for a bit, then Taker chokeslams Sid. Taker leaps over the top rope to take out Vader and Mankind with that flying cool thing that he does. Sid leaves the ring and everyone brawls, then brings Taker back to the ring and plants him with a powerbomb. Vader covers Taker. They win the match. I'd like to recreate the sound I made when Vader pinned Undertaker in this match. <laughs> oh, pfft. That's oh, that's pretty good. Why does Vader pin everybody? Vader has pinned Undertaker, I think, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, I think mm-hmm. Austin, maybe. I don't know. Vader beats everybody. I don't <laughs> understand why he beat the Undertaker in this match. Why can't we pin Vader? Who are we saving Vader for? You had to have someone pin Taker so that he could blame the loss on Sid, and Sid could be like, no, ah, and Taker could be like, yeah, and Vader could be like, hee hee hee, it was me, and Mankind could be like, ah, mommy. <laughs> so yeah, it just seems like if Undertaker and Sid are going to be the main event of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. why not have one of them pin either Vader or Mankind, who I think are just in a tag team match at WrestleMania? But instead, they had Vader beat Undertaker. It just, Mm -hmm. it seems like Vader must have it written in his contract that he beats everybody. (laughs) Because it just seems out of, it just seems out of place how many big matches he seems to win on Raw. Yeah. No, and yet not Considering he wasn't really that important right now. Like, he's not, he's not in a big time feud. He's not about to be go become world champion earlier this year. Like, he was taken off and sent to the Duke weight loss clinic. Like, Mm -hmm. It just seems weird that they are so quick to have Vader beat some of their top guys. Mm-hmm. Like if he had his helmet, I could totally yes, see Yes, if it. he had his helmet, different story. Totally different story. For I am the master and the ruler of the world. The other uh, new title situation, of course, is the European title featuring uh, Bulldog and Owen. Uh, They cut an interview with Jim Ross in which Owen says, He's not jealous of Bulldog. It's fine. Everyone knows that he could have won that match. But it's okay because Bulldog's a great champion, even though everyone knows that he could have beat him. And, you know, but whatever. It's cool. He can have that belt for a while. No, no problem here. Owen Hart was sort of doing a Donald Trump impersonation before (laughs) those were a big thing. He was like, everybody knows I'd be the greatest European champion of all time. I'd be the best. Davey Boy Smith, he's not as good as me. He's not a good wrestler. I'd be the best champion of all time. But it's fine. I'll let him have a turn. It's okay. (laughs) I really hate that man. They are in the ring to take on the new Blackjacks, which, uh, of course, they hadn't realized that at this point, JBL should not talk. 
Um, so Bradshaw calls Owen a Canadian tick. Yep. And says that he sure do got some purdy lips. So... Yeah, the purdy lips comment Whew. really got me there. Pur- purdy lips led me to believe that uh, JBL was interested in mm-hmm. Owen in a in a sexual way. That they were going to have a spit swapping makeout match. Yeah, but but no. Well, all right then. But no. Um, ah. Sadly, they do not. Although I did look at Owen's lips, and I was like, eh, not bad. The Blackjacks somehow defeat the World Tag Team Champions after Bulldog brawls with Barry Windham and ends up shoving the referee. And the referee's like, nope, disqualification. Can't do that. After the match, the Blackjacks are like, yay, we won. And that's the end. Yeah, basically. <laughs> just, another, just another thing where it's Owen and Bulldog or... Mm-hmm. We know they're going to break it. We know they're having problems, but, you know, the only people that don't know they're about to break up are them. Owen and Bulldog had such a great match for the European Championship. And I was thinking, like, ah, we kind of did get hosed where, like, I think they only basically had that one match, and then they never really wrestled too many times against each other. The ECW guys are still hanging around, and tonight they are having a debate. That's right. There's so much of this stuff that um, I saw on this this episode of Raw, and granted, it is a packed episode of Raw. Like, there's a ton of stuff that happens. It is. Um, but I'm watching yeah. it, and I'm like, wow, they still do that. You know, like, there's still stuff. Like, they, this is totally something you would see on Raw in 2021, a debate. Oh, like a, de- a debate? Yeah. Oh, of all the things that they do in 1997, they still do today. I mean, AEW I just did one problem. last year. Remember with Eric Bischoff? And yeah. everyone was like, ooh, Eric Bischoff. You know? Uh, <laughs> so the, the great debate but between... But WWE, like, they, keep, they have their things that they do, and they mm-hmm. repeat them every few years, right? Like, we were talking about, like, the the main event opponents who are forced into a tag team together. They do that. All the time. They'll mm-hmm. probably do it before SummerSlam this year. And I think that's one of the things where, like, if you've been watching WWE this whole time, part of why maybe you're frustrated with WWE is you know everything that's going to happen beforehand, right? Like, like if you, you can see something coming from a mile away, mm-hmm. it, do, it doesn't feel very um, like things are happening, like like anything could happen. Yeah, you know exactly the kinds of things they do and they don't do. They uh, they have their system and it works. Well, this debate uh, between Jerry Lawler and Paul Heyman goes about exactly as you'd imagine it would. Uh, Heyman shoots on Lawler, saying that his sons are ashamed of him, won't use his last name. Lawler says that Heyman's father finances ECW. Tommy Dreamer gets mad. The only real funny part about it was when Lawler called out his friends to help him battle ECW, and nobody came out. That was really the only fun part. Well, who do you expect to come out? He's been ripping on everyone at the commentary booth for for so long. Is Jake Roberts going to come out after Jerry ripped on him for being an alcoholic for like a year? I was hoping that the Ultimate Warriors baseball cap would show up. (laughs) Sadly, it is still in retirement. Now, if all four of you want to mix it up, then we're going to do it right. I'm going to make this a tag team match. 
other stuff that happened on Raw, the Honky Tonk Man came to the ring and was like, hey, you didn't cheer me enough, so I'm not going to sing for you. And then that's it. And everyone's like, okay, we we, we didn't ask you to sing. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, also, uh, Pieroth, Heavy Metal, and Pentagon defeated the Latin lover, Hector Garza. And Octagon, that's three people, by the way, not a super wrestler called Latin lover, Hector Garza, Octagon. It's three people. But uh, nobody cared, except for the fact that uh, Brian <laughs> Pillman cut a promo during the match that said he's coming back on WWF Shotgun Saturday Night. <laughs> this Raw, I thought, could also have been referred to as the Night of the Living Squash. Because there were no yeah. fewer than five countable squash matches in this this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of which was uh, Intercontinental Champion Rocky Maivia versus Tony Rua or Tony Cucker or Tony Tucker, depending on uh, who uh, you believe. Uh, the jobber report for this, <laughs> uh, the exact thing that I got from Google was, uh, it looks like there aren't many great searches for your search. Uh, try using <laughs> words that might appear in the page you're looking for. For example, cake recipes instead of how to make a cake. So <laughs> that's my jobber report on Tony Rua. Um, yeah. Before the match, though, the Iron uh, Sheik came out and yelled about how the Sultan is going to win a championship at WrestleMania. Uh, Rocky says, nuh-uh, and then they fight, and we see Tony Atlas <laughs> in the front row, and they head backstage with Rocky. Yeah, you know, it, it was kind of interesting watching, like, this period of Rocky Maivia while the show Young Rock is airing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, if if you're, by the way, if you're not watching Young Rock, you are just denying yourself oh, yeah. a it's, wonderful it's, it is wonderful experience. It's such a good show. It's way better than it has any right to be. <laughs> Quite yeah, frankly. Exactly. And <laughs> and they have a guy who plays the Iron Sheik on it. Yeah. Uh so so when the Iron Sheik came out and you know he was doing his thing and Rocky was coming out uh you know after and you're just like, "Oh, okay, well, this is you know, he's now performing sort of with people from his childhood. So that's kind of interesting. And then when he walks by Tony Atlas, like Tony Atlas was Rocky Johnson's partner. They won the tag titles. And we're like, wow, like Rocky's youth, his being a third generation wrestler, him growing up around wrestling greats is a major part of how they are portraying him Mm -hmm. in WWE at this moment. And just, I don't know that, that kind of, uh, Viewing that at the mm-hmm. same time as watching Young Rock, I think has really helped me appreciate Rocky Maivia, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like, it, it's funny because everybody talks about, oh, this, this baby face uh, Rocky Maivia to start his career, it didn't get over and it was terrible. I don't think, like, it didn't get over, but it was mm-hmm. not terrible. No, it was I fun. love watching <laughs> Young Rocky Maivia. He's such a, like, like true blue baby face. I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to fire up and have a big comeback. And everything is just so like old school wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Like his finishing move being like a cross body block. so (laughs) old school wrestling. And the way he throws his punches and does that little shuffle is just like exactly like his dad used to do. So I don't know. I've just, I, I really enjoy early career Rocky Maivia. Yeah, me too. I'm enjoying it as well. Mainly because I don't really yeah. remember a lot of it, so it's nice to rediscover it. <laughs> but uh, uh, Squash match number two is uh, Ahmed Johnson defeating Roy Raymond. Um, the Roy Raymond jobber report, what I got when I looked for him was, Raymond Roy is a, an American professional wrestler. 
Still? That was it. What was interesting about it, though, is he was billed from Quebec. So, okay. Uh, During during this match, though, the Nation of Domination comes out to watch because... You know, they've only got that one tiny Arn Anderson TV in the back. So they're like, let's just go to the <laughs> ring. We'll just watch it there. Um, after the match, Farouk cuts a promo explaining the streets to everyone. Uh, no word if the streets are in a neighborhood or a community. <laughs> but uh, Johnson chimes in and says that he went out and found two of the meanest, nastiest men he could find and reveals that he's going to have the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, as his partners for WrestleMania, which is cool. Uh, they come down to the ring and Animal starts an LOD chant and Johnson Johnson, not understanding how chance work, starts his you're going down <laughs> chant. So the crowd is just like, you're LODing, de- going what? And it kind of descends into chaos. But. Yeah, so we got that big match for, for WrestleMania then. It's Ahmed mm-hmm. Johnson and LOD versus The Nation. That, hey, that's good. That's cool. Squash number three was Miguel Perez defeating Leaf Cassidy. Squash number four was Billy Gunn defeating Aldo Montoya. <laughs> And uh, squash number five, Goldust defeated Tim McNeedy. Uh, the job report on Tim McNeedy is that his name is Tim McNeeny, and he too is a American professional wrestler. I think we got a lot of jobber matches because obviously now Raw is two hours, mm-hmm. and everybody's on every show, and so... This is the dawning of Raw needing to eat up some time. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are now in peak Raw needing to eat up some time, whereas like every Raw is now just three hours of them eating up time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I noticed that a fair bit on this episode was like, okay, the, the days of Raw feeling like a compact and everything matters television yeah. show are over. Yes. So now both Raw and Nitro have random meaningless matches that for the most part don't they don't mean anything they're they're not mm-hmm. going to lead to anything in the future they're not happening because of anything that took place in the past they are mindful squash moments <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting i like to think that they took a look at nitro and they were like you know ice train and mike enos are on this show a lot maybe that's the key <laughs> You know, do we have anyone around here like Ice Train or or Mike Enos? And Billy Gunn's like, I'm not doing anything. And uh, after that Goldust match, Triple H and China get involved with Marlena and Goldust and they do their thing. China is the like big, you know, mysterious woman. Uh, I think it's still sort of like catching on right now. I think we'll we'll see. Like she's still sort of being referred to as like that woman. They they haven't (laughs) named her yet, have they? No, they just keep saying that woman. And then they throw in 90s transphobic stuff like if she's a woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I loved it. There was one point here where they like showed her in the crowd. But right at that moment, some security guard just like walked right in front of the camera. And we're like, (laughs) wait, who are we looking at? I don't know. Does anybody have a cold beer for Steve Austin? And of course, our big nut of the night is going to be Austin and Bret Hart. So, this takes a while. Austin and Hart both play a big part in the show tonight. Uh, During the Blackjacks and Owen Bulldog match, uh, it's announced that next week, Bret Hart will face Sid for the title in a steel cage. Which is kind of weird, considering that WrestleMania is in two weeks. Um, so at this point, I don't know if they're thinking like, ah, oh, geez, we've been scrambling. Ah, we don't have this. Or I, I don't know. Um, but 
that's going to happen next week. So Vince McMahon asks Sid about his thoughts, and Sid sits down with a cup of tea and, you know, in a smoking jacket and rambles and says that he's going to beat Bret Hart and take out the top dogs in the WWF. At least I'm pretty sure that's what he was talking about. I don't really know. Uh, next up, Jim Ross is standing in the ring with Ken Shamrock. Uh, Ross mentions that the WrestleMania 13 main event or co-main event or whatever they're calling it this week is going to be uh, Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee in the submission match between Hart and Austin, which I think is the first time we're hearing that he's officially the uh, the referee. Uh, Shamrock says no one will intimidate him in the WWF, and watching it now and probably back then too, I'm like, yeah, that's a good call because you could actually mm-hmm. hurt people a lot, and I don't think that a lot of the guys in the WWF would like that. Except for Ahmed Johnson, who doesn't understand that it's not real. Um, (laughs) So Steve Austin ends up cutting Shamrock off from the newly installed Titan Tron and says that he thinks it's bullshit that Bret Hart gets a WWF World Championship belt match before WrestleMania. And Austin hopes that Bret wins the World Championship belt next week because he wants a shot at the World Championship belt at WrestleMania. Austin claims to have never submitted in his life and that will not change. That includes his taxes. He has never submitted his taxes. <laughs> He's never submitted his taxes. That includes a uh, wow. urine sample. He has never submitted a urine sample for anything. <laughs> um, so Bret Hart wanders down to the ring in one of his trademark flannels and uh, says that it's nice of the WWF to allow him to say something after three weeks. Now, I'll do respect to Bret Hart. But I am pretty sure <laughs> he's had ample promo time yeah. the last few weeks. Um, He's regularly on the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hart is sick of the lack of justice in the WWF. Something here about a sheriff, maybe? I don't know. WCW is kind of like, hmm. Uh, and he says that he knows submission wrestling better than anyone else. And we get a really cool close-up of Ken Shamrock when he says that, being like, oh, yeah? Really? <laughs> um. And uh, Hart tells Shamrock that if he tries to get involved at WrestleMania, spoiler alert, Brad, he's already involved. He's the ref. Uh, it'll be the biggest regret of his life. Austin shows up at the top of the aisleway, and the crowd goes crazy because, like, the tension has been ratcheted up to 11 at this point. Yeah. And Austin points his finger and turns and heads to the back as Raw goes to the commercial. Um, later on, Brett says that next week he'll prove that he is the best and he isn't a giraffe. That reference is to Sid. He's, he's going to be a better champion because he's not a giraffe. That doesn't make sense. Sometimes scripted promos aren't a bad idea. <laughs> I know I don't like them now, but back then, maybe if you could have been just, just a couple of tweaks here and there. Maybe just tell someone what you plan on saying mm. before you say it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be scripted word for word, you know? When but... you're driving in and thinking to yourself, oh, I got a killer giraffe line, maybe just try that out a couple of <laughs> times. Just, just, just to see, just to see. Uh, yeah, Roddy Piper would have very much benefited from the same thing. Definitely. Just, just ask someone first, Roddy. You've got a lot of good ideas, but they're not all good ideas. Well, maybe that was the problem: was that Brett and Roddy would ask each other, and they'd just be like, "Oh, that's great! Yeah. You want to fight four guys for no reason that no one knows? Do it! It'll be awesome. Be fifteen and minutes ago. Have one of them be John Tenta." <laughs> I like to think Roddy's like, could one of them be John Tenta? He's been here for weeks and he's not doing anything. <laughs> he shaved off like half his mustache. I feel like we should give him something. Or at least That's shave not. off the other half because he's still doing it. Uh, 
finally, on this week's episode of Raw, still no word on Shawn Michaels' smile. Aww. His knee, though, doing much better. So, Much better. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us over to um, Panama City Beach, Florida. Not even, just like... They dig Bring in. Break! They dig in so deep in Florida sometimes that I'm like, you're not even in a place anymore. You're in Panama City Beach <laughs> for uh, WCW Nitro for March 10th, 1997. Spring Breakout, bro. The Horsemen were having a party tonight. You can call this the new. World Order of Wrestling, brother! I'm gonna kick your ass! Spring Break! Yeah! So, if you've never this watched... Is, uh, I believe this is the first Spring Break Nitro, isn't it? There's only been one other spring since mm-hmm. they started Nitro, and I don't think they did it in 96. So. Yeah, this is definitely the first one since we started. Let's put it that way. So yeah. in my mind, it's yeah, the first okay. one to ever exist. <laughs> kind of like kind of like the, the motorcycle show. That was the first one we saw, so it was the first one to ever exist. Um, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, And if you've never seen one of these Spring Break Nitros, <sighs> so they set up the ring next to a pool, and as soon as the, the opening shot reveals that, you're like, well, Someone's going in the pool. And uh, lo and behold. But like how big of an attraction is that really? Someone getting thrown in a pool. (laughs) So and then to double. It just seems like, you know, here's this guy, you know, and and then he's in a pool. Here's this extremely big of a deal. Here's this extremely wet man. And now he's in a pool. And also extremely wet. Uh, so, yeah, to make matters worse, they double down and they surround the ring with like 35 people in the audience. That's about it. And claim that it's thousands. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of those uh, MGM studio outdoor shows that we were watching earlier. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know? yes. Where as soon as you saw it, you're just like, this is going to mean nothing. <laughs> nothing here is going to mean. <laughs> this is the go home show for Uncensored and it's going to mean Nothing. Uh, the other thing Nothing. these shows also feature are gross old men talking about local, quote, talents. Yeah! By that, they mean sexy dames and plenty of them. And it's gross. Well, pretty much any yuck. Nitro features gross old men. I mean, yeah, but Larry this... Zabisco is the commentator for a, pretty much the whole run. True. So. But they, uh, they definitely uh, ramp it up on this because there's like three women in the crowd. And a bunch of drunk frat dudes. So you can imagine how well this all goes. Spring break! Yeah! The first thing I want to talk about is uncensored because we finally have a bit, and I use that term very specifically, bit of understanding uh, as to what is going to happen this coming Sunday at Uncensored. So Lex Luger, the Giant, and the Steiner brothers take on the amazing French-Canadians Roadblock and Greg Valentine in one of the most one-sided contests I have ever ever seen in my life like they didn't even have to have the match the french canadians roadblock and greg valentine could have walked out and been like we get it and then left it's just <laughs> well so... i was excited because they put together four of my favorite wcw wrestlers <laughs> you got the amazing french canadians who i you know yeah. i really enjoy you got greg valentine who in my mind is mm-hmm. the leader of the nwo uh <laughs> and then roadblock who He's so committed to his gimmick 
that not only does he bring the roadblock sign and like pylon with him to every show, he's now got new gear with roadblock <laughs> written on it. So at some point, this guy has sat down and thought to himself, I really want to make this pro wrestling thing work out. Uh, I got to <laughs> I, I gotta make sure that I'm giving it my all. And uh, yeah, I think this roadblock gimmick where like there's cars and they want to drive down this road, but they can't because I'm there. <laughs> I think this is really going to this is really going to work. So I'm going to invest some money in this and really, you know, kickstart it. It was crappy yesterday. It was crappy the day before. And guess what? Hasn't changed. I, I imagine WCW officials walking down the hall to the dressing room being like, all right, so we're going to ditch the roadblock thing. Yeah, it's stupid. It's not working. Nobody likes it. We'll find something else for them. They open the door and see the, all the gear, and they're like, roadblock for life. Let's do this. <laughs> so, yeah. This apparently, Lex Luger, the Giant, and the Steiner Brothers, is Team WCW, okay? Now, during this match, so we have this is Team WCW, we have Team NWO, and we have Piper's... Family? Family. So, during this match, we learn, and I quote, that if a member of Team WCW wins at the pay-per-view, so if they get the pin, then the NWO must surrender all titles on the spot and will be banned for 36 months. Seems like an exceptionally arbitrary number, but whatever. If Team NWO wins, they get a title shot anytime they wish. Now... Here is my question with this. They already have the titles. Yeah. <laughs> so there we won. And Eric Bischoff seems to be able to make a title match whenever he wants. So Yeah. And if you thought they forgot know. that there was a third team in the match, if a member of Piper's team is the last man standing, which I assume to mean means they get the pin, Roddy Piper gets Hulk Hogan in a steel cage. At some point. They don't say yeah. when. Um, so if you are one of Piper's family, you're like, cool, cool. I'm going to go out there and get my ass kicked by eight dudes. And <laughs> if I manage to eke out a win, all that I get is the pleasure of watching Roddy Piper in a match with Hulk Hogan that will totally, absolutely, 100% happen. That's correct. Mm. That is okay. That is your thing. Great. But it was really the WCW team stipulation that got me when they were like no NWO for three years. I was yeah. like, ah, like you got to do something where you believe it could happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if they said no NWO for like a, or like the NWO can't challenge for a title again until like Starcade mm-hmm. or something, then you're like, all right, that I seems could plausible. see them maybe yeah. doing that, you know, yeah. or the NWO surrendering all the titles. I mean, it doesn't Six sound would just that steal believable. Them back. Like maybe, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rebel, rebel. So that was the only one, like the WCW stipulation, where they were like thirty-six months or whatever. I was like, where did they come up with the number thirty-six months from? Because that's the kind of number you come up with as part of some type of like like bargaining with other mm-hmm. people who wanted different numbers. Like one person was like, "Ah, we'll say the NWO is to split up forever." No, no, Kevin, we can't say forever. Nobody would believe that. Well, how about for a month? That's not long enough. And then somehow they ended up at 36 months. <laughs> Something like 36? What? Something like 36? Oh, you boys. Mm-hmm. It was just such a random number. Like, not a year, not a month, not just... Ah. Yeah. Maybe it was how long the Steiners were going to get sentenced, to pr- or how long the Outsiders were going to get sentenced to prison 
for trying to kill the Steiners. That could have been a great um, stipulation for WCW, where it's like the Steiners will drop the vehicular assault charges against <laughs> Hall and Matt. That well, would be fantastic. See, I have more questions, and this explanation by WCW has just raised more questions. For example, so Team WCW wins. The NWO surrenders all the titles. So does Team WCW just get those titles, or are they now all up for grabs again? I, Do we have to stand there and like watch the Giant and Luger and the Steiners be like, okay, well, you, you take the heavyweight, and I'll be, hey, hey give the Giant the cruiserweight. That'd be funny, and, and I'll be the heavyweight, and you guys are obviously the tag teams. Oh, you don't want to be the tag? Okay, well, what if you guys are the tag teams? You know, and like, so can can like Lex and the Giant defend the tag team titles? Because technically but, they won them. Like, the, what? like I, I don't know. But, like, what you're saying is how titles are decided in WCW. Like, look at the most recent title changes. They all change hands by, like, a decision, not like a wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Steiners won the tag titles. No, they didn't. They had to hand them over the next night. Luger and Giant won the tag titles. No, they didn't. They had to hand them over the next night. Piper <laughs> won the WCW title. No, he didn't. He had to... He had it just arm, never happened. You know, taken down <laughs> moments later. So, like... This is how titles are, are change hands in WCW. They change hands by people just handing them over and giving them to, to other people. I'll tell you this. The championship Wrestling, committee is drunk with power. have almost nothing to do with WCW at this point. True. True. So after all this, Mean Gene is like, hey, I wonder what Lex Luger thinks of everything. And Lex Luger says that he has three good reasons why they're going to win Sunday. The Giant and the Steiners. And I'm like, Lex, you really got to beef up your reasons, buddy. Giant says it's a situation where Team WCW can't lose because they have the Masters of the Suplex, which apparently the Steiners are. Uh, the Total Package, Lex Flex, and a walking, talking, fire-breathing Giant, which once again, I have never seen him breathe fire once. I feel like he would have won more matches had he the ability to do that. If he did the like Hot Wings Challenge, maybe you could could say that was the case mm, but yeah. no i don't yeah and rick talks about a car accident how he's never been right and he will hunt and then trails off into nothing and scott's just like he's good he's good he's fine it's the nwo we're gonna we're gonna beat you and so what's going on with the nwo where you ask well this is another exceptionally long section that i like to call new worm order but you have to remember that a worm with very few exceptions is not a human being because okay. oh right. today my friends, is the greatest day in NWO and WCW history because the show opens with Hollywood Hogan and the one and only Dennis Rodman, a name they would eat out on for decades, uh, <laughs> in front of a poster for Rodman's movie Double Team with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Hogan uh, I... like plays up this movie and how big it is and it's huge. And Rodman's just like, yeah. And then the show starts. <laughs> I remember when that Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman movie came out. So when this scene opened up with that poster, I was like, oh, the 90s. <laughs> I remember the 90s. You had stuff like this. <laughs> uh. It was fantastic. Uh, so the show officially opens and a white limo arrives and outsteps Roddy Piper and his uncensored team. That's just his team. They're not. Like, they didn't, like, blur them out or anything. They're all wearing kilts, 
and we'll get to them in a second. Uh, in other limo news, the NWO Hummer pulls up, and they're all, they make a huge deal of this. They're like, it's a stretch Hummer! Can you believe it? And in 2021, we're like, yeah, I know, my neighbor has two. <laughs> and all the NWO unloads and pours into the backstage area. Um, Hall says that he can get them into the, the Spring Break Club because he knows the dishwasher, which is actually kind of funny. Scott Hall is a funny man. I like him. Spring Break! And they turn around and suddenly, oh my goodness, VK Wall Street is laid out on the ground, very reminiscent of what happened to Big Bubba. No word on if DDP is really, really upset about this one, Um, (laughs) but it happens. I do like this sort of like, almost like a murder mystery type thing that's going on within the NWO. They're just getting pegged off from time to time. (laughs) But it's almost like it's only a big deal for them in the moment. They're like, oh, damn. We lost VK Wall Street. He's down. It's like Big Bubba's never returns. <laughs> you think it would be a bigger? You would think it would be a bigger deal. They're like, all right, well, I'll keep going. I guess. Yeah, they're just kind of like, I wonder you know, who did there's that. No, there's no like NWO neighborhood watch program that they put in <laughs> place to to prevent these attacks from taking place. They just accept that this is part of being in a big faction. Is that someone's going to come and take you out? Well, as you know, the NWO is more of a neighborhood than a community. So. That's right. Uh, Later, in a sentence I should never have to say, Scotty Riggs defeats Chris Jericho by disqualification when Buff Bagwell comes down and and interferes. Then we come back from a break, and the whole NWO is making their way to the ring. Yay! Uh, Tony (laughs) talks about how Randy Anderson was reinstated and refereeing here tonight, thanks to the Eric Bischoff suspension, so all that was for nothing. Well, I hope you don't think it had me fooled for a minute. I knew it all the time. Bischoff says that everywhere that he and Hogan have been for the past few days, everyone's asking about the Dennis Rodman rumor. And Hogan says the real hot rod, Dennis Rodman, uh, went through the NWO initiation in New York City over the weekend. And now the baddest man in the NBA is a member of the NWO. And Rodman goes... <laughs> holds, up his, holds up his arms. That's, that's all he does. And this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened. And then for no reason whatsoever, Eric Bischoff's like, oh, wait, hang on a sec. Last week, when Sting joined the NWO, we, we forgot to, we gave him hugs, but we didn't give him a shirt. <laughs> you know, so we got to give process is first the hug. Mm-hmm. First Hogan hugs you. And yeah. it's okay if you don't hug back. Uh, you know, and then we give you a shirt. Yes. Uh, the crowd is not impressed as Hogan holds up an NWO shirt and, and like, drapes it over Sting, and Sting doesn't move. So that, that's really... Also, at this point, I, I do wonder where the fake Sting went, because he's just <laughs> not there anymore. At this point, a clearly drunk Kevin Nash mumbles something about the Steiners needing a lost damage waiver bra, and then uh, Savage starts talking... Savage asks him about the ugly guy with the long red hair and tattoos... And I was like, who the hell is he talking about? Roadblock? Maybe. But (laughs) because it's like this, this nudge, nudge, wink, wink type thing. And I'm like, long red hair and ugly tattoos. Undertaker without his just for men. Like, I don't, I don't understand what. Um, So Savage said that he was so excited that Rodman joined the team that he forgot the guy's name. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't care, I don't care. Um, (laughs) And that's it for the NWO on this episode. Dennis Rodman. Spring break! Yeah! <laughs> cool, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can tell that that was, like, what what they felt was their, their big hook for the episode was Dennis Rodman coming in. And, I mean, Dennis Rodman was a huge pop culture 
person. Absolutely. Uh, at this point, you know, he's he's being put in movies. He's definitely like a crossover star from the NBA. Um yeah, they were they were going all in on having mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman on their program. So if you're going all in on having Dennis Rodman on your program, there's two things that I would make a suggestion. One, mm-hmm. maybe have him say a word and not just <laughs> stand there and smoke cigars and raise his arms. Uh, I think two, it's entirely possible he was in no state to say you know what to say any words. Like that... there was there was some NWO partying before the show. You could well there was an initiation. Kind of t- well, you know? yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and the other thing is perhaps mention your upcoming pay-per-view. That would be good. Is Rodman going to be there, for instance? Exactly. Because um, we had a whole thing with Team WCW about what they're going to do with the pay-per-view. And then we had a whole thing with Team NWO and how apparently they forgot the pay-per-view was happening. Um, so that does bring us, of course, to piper's family and and what's going on with piper's family well if you thought that there were too many people involved in this main event match to begin with strap in my friend this ought to be interesting so the first match of the show is uh jeff jarrett and steve mongo mcmichael uh defeating high voltage now i do want to take a second here and just we talk a lot about mongo on this show and we make fun of mongo a lot and i'm not going to lie to you that's not going to stop but, you know, the this is the first show we've done since uh, Steve McMichael revealed that he has uh, ALS and potentially not much longer with us on this earth. And when I heard that, I did a little bit of a deep dive on, on him because I was like, you know what, I don't really know that much about Mongo, you know, and... And I read about his, you know, his football career and his his wrestling career and the stuff he's done after football and stuff like that. And he really does seem like a genuinely good guy, and yeah. the type of guy that, like, you know, they kept him around in WCW. I bet just because he's a fun dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't always the best wrestler. He definitely wasn't always the best talker. And you know, we'll deal with all that as it comes. But I felt it was important for us to just stop before we got into it and acknowledge that he's a good guy and it really, really is heartbreaking to see what's happened to him. Yeah, I mean, he's only in his early 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just, it's too young. Um, and you see pictures of him now and he's lost a lot of weight. Like Ric Flair just went to go visit him and there's a picture mm-hmm. of Mongo and Ric Flair. And I mean, Mongo is unrecognizable, you know? He was such a mm-hmm. a big guy during his football and wrestling days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been whittle, whittled away quite a bit. Um, it reminded Mongo me a little of, brought... of Bobby Heenan at the end of his life. Yeah. yeah, like if you looked at like Bobby Heenan at the end of his life, like his face was like, bone you know like skin and bone there was not a lot of uh like it felt very like sunken in and you could tell like all right this guy has lost a lot of weight Mm -hmm. and kind of gone the the other the other way into now he's very skinny doesn't look healthy Mm -hmm. and i i actually remember before dusty Rhodes died he had sort of that same sort of sunken face Mm -hmm. look Mm -hmm. where it's like okay this guy's Losing a lot of weight, but not in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's really sad to see Mongo like that. Mm-hmm. And while Mongo amongst wrestling fans does get a little bit of, of uh, a flack, I mean, I, I was listening to Eric Bischoff sort of talk about this time in Mongo's career in WCW. 
And Bischoff pointed out, like, Mongo was never trained. Mm -hmm. He was never trained as a wrestler. He would show up early and just kind of go through the motions with the people that he was wrestling earlier in the show. And that's how he learned. Mm -hmm. So, like, at no point did he ever go to wrestling school. He just learned to be a wrestler on the fly. And when you consider that's how he learned to be a wrestler. It's not that bad. He's fairly passable when you consider that. Um. And in terms of being a personality, I mean, he's obviously got a very larger than life personality. Like Mongo in those four horsemen promos that they do every week that never further storylines. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's at least lively and able to keep up with guys like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, who are much more experienced on the microphone. Mm-hmm. So when you consider how little experience he had both in wrestling and performing on the microphone, mm-hmm. for him to have done as well as he did is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Like it really changed my opinion of Mongo. You know, I, I'm still not going to be like Mongo for champion and he's going to do some really funny and silly stuff, but I respect yeah. him a lot more, you know? And I mean, they weren't bringing him into the four horsemen because, uh, he was going to be able to wrestle. They brought him into the four, four horsemen because he was a super bowl champion, mm-hmm. a name in football. And so it it's sort of for the same reason that the NWO is bringing in Dennis Rodman. He has credibility in another area. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you bring him into your group. And then if you're the four horsemen, you've got Flair, Benoit, uh, you you know, you Anderson and, and guys who can wrestle. So mm-hmm. if you've got three out of the four can wrestle, you can have this other guy just hitting people with briefcases. Yeah. And to be frank, I, th- I think that was the idea. He was a good briefcase hitter. He was. He could do that. Jeff Jarrett, I'm sure, can attest. Now listen! Mongo's ready to wrestle! Uh, So Gene Okerlund hops in the ring and brings out Roddy Piper and his band of merry men. Piper is Piper at this point. Uh, He says that Howard Stern is hung like a pimple. They mentioned Howard Stern like 10 times on this episode for some reason. So I guess someone had done the Howard Stern show or they were angling to get someone on the Howard Stern show. Uh, So I don't know. I'm wondering if Howard Stern had sort of ripped his segment from last week. Like, because remember, it was last week he did that. Piper did that horrible segment Mm -hmm. where he's auditioning his family. Mm -hmm. And you can you can tell that. WCW realized this did not go over well. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they changed the match, so none of those guys are in it. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Howard Stern just ripped on this angle and Piper felt the need to kind of take a shot back at Howard Stern here. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I I feel like Howard Stern would be bigger, like more popular at this stage in his career than worrying about the uncensored main event, but I don't know. Who's to say? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, WCW was really popular right now. He mm-hmm. might have been talking about it. Uh, what's really interesting is that Piper says that WWF are liars because when he beat the hell out of Goldust, he only had one hip, and they said they had no one-hipped wrestlers on their pay-per-view, and that happened. He's tired of the critics and is uncensored here in WCW, which is hilarious because every time he says WWF, they edit out the F. So he <laughs> says, those guys in the WWF are total liars. <laughs> it is kind of weird because like you're watching this in, in uh you know 20 years later on that company's streaming service right mm-hmm. yeah so it's yeah. like okay this guy's ripping our company just 
make sure he calls us by the right name. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's fine, everything he's saying. But the best part of this was where, okay, so I guess WWE had taken some shots saying, oh, we don't have any one-hipped people Mm. on our pay-per-views, referring to Roddy Piper having had a hip replacement surgery. His response to this was, yeah, you had a one-hipped person uh, when me, as a one-hipped person, was on your pay-per-view when I, at WrestleMania. I wrestled Goldust. So he used himself as an example. I just thought that was great. And then there was another line that he said here, which I just thought was so Roddy Piper in that, like, it was funny, but, like, barely, you know? And he, yeah. goes, he goes, you said you had no one hip person on your pay-per-view that's right you have no one hip on your pay-per-view no hip person i was like oh roddy those dad jokes before there were dad jokes they were just roddy piper jokes at at, over at at wwf brett's watching that on a monitor like nice (laughs) that guy man (laughs) that guy knows just what to say Nailed it. Uh, Not so... like that giraffe, Psycho <laughs> Sid. Huh? He's a huh? giraffe because he's tall. Yellow Giraffes hair. Giraffes are also tall. That's a huge bitch. Uh, so with all that, the four horsemen hit the ring, and everyone's like, oh, the four horsemen, neat. Well, that's, what are they doing here? Uh, and Piper's like, oh, the four horsemen, neat. What are you guys doing here? Um, <laughs> Great. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you here. What follows is about 10 minutes of pure gibberish because it is like (laughs) Mongo going off on a tangent, Ric Flair dancing and throwing shirts around, Roddy Piper putting on Flair's clothes and just yapping about nothing. But it boils down to Flair says that the horsemen are totally Team Piper. No word on how they feel about Jacob, but they are Team Piper and will have his back at Uncensored. And Piper's like, oh, 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 oh guys, that's, that's okay. You don't, you don't need to do that. And they're like, no, 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 we'll help you out. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to be okay, you know? And they're like, no, seriously, Roddy, we're going we're gonna to help you. And he's like, fine. He puts on Ric Flair's sports coat and tells them that Hogan is a con man and Piper is the icon. And again, Brett is just like, yes. Yes! Yes! Uh, and so so I don't know if the four horsemen are now in the multi-team match or if they're just going to hang out and make sure it goes down okay or, or what. So, Well, this is, this is where if WCW decided to do a scripted promo, I'd be like, yeah, you know what, guys? For this one, do a scripted promo. Uh, For expediency's sake thing- more than anything. <laughs> The main thing you want to do here is communicate what's going to happen at the pay-per-view. And I feel like before this segment started, they were like, all right, who wants to play an improv game? (laughs) Piper, Flair, just go out there. You got 20 minutes. And by the end of it, you have to let everybody know that the horsemen are going to replace Piper's family in the match. Now, keep in mind, I only think this is what's happening. (laughs) The, The... It might not be what's happening, but what I took from this segment was that the four horsemen were like, hey, Piper, we want to be your team at Uncensored. And Piper was like, did you guys not watch the last episode? (laughs) I did this horrible segment where I picked like a family. We came out 
from a limo earlier today. They put on kilts. I can't just tell they're, them they're, they're not standing behind me at right the pay per view. <laughs> they're, they're here. And then the horsemen were like, <laughs> they're in the ring right now. <laughs> this is affecting their lives. You see this guy? This is John Tenta. He was an earthquake. Then we made him a shark for some reason. And now he's wearing a kilt. Don't take food off this man's plate. <laughs> and, and then the horsemen were like, look, uh, you don't need those guys. We're better than those guys. And then Piper was like, okay, you guys will team with me at Uncensored, but my family will be there to watch my back. And I think that's what was decided. Piper will team with the really? horsemen. And I, th- I think. See, I didn't get I any think of this that. Is what was decided. <laughs> really? I, yes. I don't know. So... <laughs> but again like wow. I found like during this segment because there's so much unknown about Uncensored I sort of got lost in my own thoughts trying to put together <laughs> what was going to happen on this pay-per-view because if you remember like we're we're sitting here in 2021 where triple threats are like a, a major thing they mm-hmm. weren't a major thing in 1997 so is this a triple threat tag team match I don't really know how this is going to work. No, me neither. So there, so there was that. Like, I was trying to figure out, is this going to be a triple threat tag team match? If so, how is this going to work? And then throughout this all, or throughout all of this, Flair, I think, convinced Piper to say, yeah, we'll just have my family on the outside, and the horsemen will be on the team with you. Okay. And so- nowhere in here did I think it was mentioned at all, like, any of the stipulations. That was... The NWO mm. mentioned the stipulations. I don't think they came into Maybe they did. I don't no, know. No. There was so much to put. See, in. that's so interesting because it seems perfectly logical in WCW logic that that's what happened. Yeah. But I didn't get any of that. So I'm really excited to see what happens in Uncensored That's now. what I perceived <laughs> to have happened. Well, at Uncensored, we'll figure it out. I we'll guess maybe. We'll find out. We'll find out. Silent but violent. Uh, the rest of Nitro, you ask, was it as exciting as this? No. The answer to that is no. Uh, Rey Mysterio defeated Galaxy. Yay. Ultimo Dragon beat Juventud Guerrera. Um, Prince Iakea defeated Squire Dave Taylor to retain the television championship that people forgot that he had. Uh, Eddie Guerrero defeated Jim Powers to retain the U.S. championship with Dean Malenko on commentary, which was just, it was a gift, frankly. Dean on, he's just, uh, so mean Gene Hoff. That's going to be a good match. Oh, God, That's going to yeah. be a good match. Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero at the pay-per-view. Hell yeah. That'll be fun. Um, yeah. Diamond Dallas Page defeated, uh, Sergeant Craig Pittman. Um, Yep. Yeah. Larry started complaining about, Ooh. during this match, Larry started complaining about the number of, quote, young people here at Spring Break because they are clogging up the golf courses. Spring Break! Yeah! You know, I would listen to, like, one Larry Zabisco podcast. <laughs> no more than that. But I'd listen to, like, one half an hour Larry Zabisco podcast where he talks about modern wrestling. Or just the state of the world. I, I will I, I, I really want to know where he's landed on certain things. <laughs> subscribe to. Subscribe. Subscribe. So subscribe. Subscribe. So Okerlund gets in the ring to talk about uh, how the crowd now likes Diamond Dallas Page. And um, suddenly the lights go out and the mic's cut off mid-sentence. And you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? 
and then they go to break and come back, and they were like, yeah, it was just technical difficulties. Uh, mean Gene says that Randy Savage and the NWO have not acknowledged Paige recently, and Paige says that Savage will remember the name DDP. Uh, bang. Yeah, and that's... That, yeah, so, I, like, I guess Savage was talking about DDP, but DDP's hair is blonde. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just watched a documentary on Randy Savage, however. Mm. I'm not altogether surprised that uh, some pertinent details have <laughs> slipped skipped, his mind, yeah. <laughs> but slipped his mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because Macho at this point has like, I guess, I guess he's been in WCW for a couple of years, but one of the big things that he wanted to do in WWF before he left is he wanted to do this long feud with Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. where he would like, and his goal was to like make Shawn Michaels like this big star by the time he left WWF. And I wonder if he's got it in his head now, like, you know what? I'm going to do what I was going to do with Shawn Michaels, but I'm going to do it with Diamond Dallas Page. Interesting switcheroo there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting switcheroo. Kind of, uh, you know, not a lot of comparisons between Shawn Michaels and Diamond Dallas Page. But it, in the sense that it was like an like at this point, even though DDP is pushing 40 you know like he he still is like an up-and-comer because he wasn't an established name but he's becoming an established name yeah so that's why i was thinking like macho seemed like he really wanted to make stars out of his opponents near the end of his career and i wonder if if he was the one that singled out ddp or if maybe bischoff was like you know no do this with my friend Mm. ddp it'll be great yeah he lives next door someone give him a title yeah exactly (laughs) That is a Texas size 10-4. In a match to determine the horrible human being title, uh, Kevin Sullivan takes on Hard Barty Harrison, uh, which ends in a double countout. Um, Gene, who is earning his pay during the show, he is in there in between every match, um, says, uh, asks what's going on. They spout some gibberish about Jackie fighting men and the Piper shouldn't trust the horsemen. The DOD will be cheering for them because I guess they don't like the other two? T- I, I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, that's it. He's gone. The Kevin Sullivan stuff, I mean, I talk every week about how I, I, I find some of the Kevin Sullivan stuff really hard to watch mm. on a whole other level this week because mm. he was facing a guy who is in prison for the rest of his life. Mm. For uh, slew. Oh, did you not know this about Hard oh, Body oh, Harrison? Oh, I knew. Yeah, yeah. If you want to Google oh, Hard okay. Body yeah, Harrison, yeah, yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. Um, not a good man. No. And Kevin Sullivan. So I mean, we've seen Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit have brawls where it is clear they are hitting each other. Mm. Uh, like this is a, a fake, real fight. It is a shoot, if you will. I got that same. I got that same impression with some of the shots Kevin Sullivan was giving to hard body Harrison here. And it was sort of impossible for me not to like go is Sullivan doing this for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Like if hard body Harrison, obviously he did the things that he did. He's a, a horrible human being. It's not like he would have done just those things in a vacuum. Yeah. He probably did some other horrible things throughout his life. Did Kevin Sullivan catch wind of it and decide Hey, I have this legal ability to beat people up through my wrestling show. <laughs> Why don't I do that with Hard Body Harrison here? And, and God, man, 
I don't know. That's some, <laughs> that's some, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a tough match to watch when you're kind of wondering like what is really going on here. Ugh. If they want to go ahead and scrub Hardbody Harrison from the WWE Network, I'm not going to complain. I won't miss him, no. But I'll tell you this. I no. do kind of wonder if my views on Kevin Sullivan would have changed had he actually been some kind of like wrestling Avenger that just took horrible human <laughs> beings and was like, I can beat you up for a few minutes here like you deserve and did that over and over again. I'm Batman. I, he might have been doing that. I mean, <laughs> we've seen him like he definitely booked himself in matches with uh, Chris Benoit where the the two were punching each other square in the face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not that big of a jump to say, hey, maybe Kevin Sullivan booked himself in this match with Hardbody Harrison so he could punch him in the face. To a wrestling fan in 2021, that sounds like this crazy, ridiculous thing. Well, it is a crazy, ridiculous thing, but I believe it happened multiple times in yeah. the 1990s and probably before then, too. So. I'd buy it. Um, what I don't buy, though, is that WCW is trying to get us interested in the women's title again because they've hurt me. <laughs> they've hurt me before. Um, but for the second time, we see uh, Jean on the ramp with Medusa. They won't have her have a match. Because that'd be no. silly. No, and it. it's even like too early in the Attitude Era to have her in like a bikini contest because they're by a pool. Um, so they just bring her out to talk to Gene. And if you liked that segment last week, enjoy it again, minus the <laughs> Luna running, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't. And Medusa's just like, I'm great and I want to win the championship. And they're like, cool. There's like three other women. So. Down, 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 down. <laughs> That's it. Um, and all that brings us to our main event. Because we head to the entrance ramp where Gene is hanging out with the goddamn public enemy. And Gene says that it's now down to Harlem Heat and the public enemy at Uncensored since the horsemen have to bail out. I didn't realize there was a match between Harlem Heat, the horsemen, and public enemy. But okay. Grunge says he's not impressed and says the horsemen are nothing but a bunch of show ponies. And Piper's like, yes. Uh, he says Flair runs around like he's having a fit. Mongo acts like he's still playing football. Arn's not what he used to be. And to top it all off, you have coattail riding Jeff Jarrett, who isn't horseman material. They forgot about Chris. Um, Rocco responds by just wrapping some raw bass for a while. And then... Um, Harlem Heat jumps them, and Tony says, wow, that was our scheduled main event, but we're all out of time. See you next week. Yeah, what the heck happened here? Um, because they always end the show with the NWO. Mm -hmm. So did they run out of time, or what happened? Maybe Rodman had to be somewhere. It's the only thing I can think of, <laughs> like, honestly. They were like, we can get Rodman in here for one segment. It's going to have to be at this time, and then he's got to go. That's the only thing that I can think of. Oh, okay, give me like your percentage odds of what you think the percentage chance is that this happened. The NWO was too drunk to go out for the main event. Spring break! I'm going to go 80%. 80%? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like it's over 60 for sure. Over 60% mm. oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. The other thing is like maybe Bischoff was drunk and just the, just stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> And they just kept doing the wrestling show they knew to do until the time ran out. That's fair. Or maybe they had scheduled po entirely possible. Maybe they had scheduled another NWO if like segment after this match, 
and they just ran out of time. Maybe now is the time. Well, that's to, what I like. Wait, maybe that's it. I think that at this point, they're starting to think to themselves, maybe we need a third hour of Nitro. No! Oh no! Oh no! I don't even want to know when that comes in. Yeah, I like I don't know because the NWO had been out before, but they do multiple NWO segments every week, like NWO's talking segments. Mm-hmm. But like I'm sitting there going, like, should we not be getting some type of update on Eric Bischoff's position with the organization or something like that? It's just weird because remember this is the go home show for Uncensored, so they like what the last image they want for us until we get to Sunday is. The Harlem Heat public enemy feud? That can't be right. Yeah. No, that, but that's, that's that's what happened. And not even a match. Just like a pull apart. It's just a brawl. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm assuming that something went wrong. I assume something went wrong, too. And it started when someone was like, hey, we should do a show next to a pool at spring break. Spring break! Yeah! <laughs> you know, that, that was probably the first but it, thing. But it is about. something like, it's something about the fact that they were at this club. That leads me to believe, hey, maybe they wanted to be done early, like the NWO, <laughs> so they could, you know, go drink or, or whatever. And they yeah. had Dennis Rodman there, so they probably wanted to, like, impress him or, like, I I don't know. It's, it's the kind of thing that wouldn't happen on a WWE show. Like, for better or worse, Yet. WWE is always going to be, like, our main thing is putting on a good show. WCW, it seemed like, you know... Eric mm. Bischoff seems very interested in being one of the boys and getting himself over and things like that. So the show overall took a back seat to what was maybe just this big boys party they were having. Yeah. It, there's, even back then when watching the two shows, I always felt there was a weird, like, it's going to sound dumb, but a weird arrogance to WCW. Like, they really felt like, well, we can just do whatever we want, and you guys are going to tune in because the NWO is cool. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, like... <laughs> Especially during the period where they were winning because yeah. they did the same thing every time. Yeah. Exactly. And WWF slash E, at least, and sometimes they miss by a mile, but they at least try to put on a show and, like, try to have things that you want. They they don't want to repeat everything ad nauseum. They, they will repeat stuff, but, like... You know, that kind of jazz. But uh, it's the difference between like a promotion that's trying to bring in new fans and a promotion that's just sort of like coasting. Right. Mm. And when we started this podcast, WWF was coasting. They were the top company. They weren't doing anything major. They weren't like taking any big risks. WCW, they're trying to build an audience. They're trying to do more. So they take huge risks. The NWO is a risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, it worked very well. Um, doing stuff like Glacier and the Mortal Kombat thing, that's a risk. That one didn't uh, <laughs> uh, work out well for them, right? But they're doing these things to try and gain some traction with fans. Now, in WCW, in March of 1997, they've been leading for so long that, yeah, that arrogance has creeped in. We're like, okay, we just do the stuff that we've been doing, never change it, and we'll be in this spot forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, WWF is now trying new things. You know, they're about to they're about to try going with an anti-hero for the first time in their company. Mm-hmm. That's a big risk. So that's, it's just, you know, that's how it is. And like right now in wrestling, AEW is trying to 
bring in new fans. So they're doing things to get people talking, like bringing in Sting, like bringing in Shaquille O'Neal. WWE is coasting because they've been the major player for so long now. They're just doing what they're used to. That's just how the trend goes in wrestling. With that said, though, I have to give WWF the win this week just because it was a better show. Even even the stuff that didn't matter, yeah, I can at least gloss over and not have to worry about. Whereas here, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll like, well, I guess I better mention that and <laughs> kind of fit because I don't know what's important and what's not anymore because none of it's making any sense. This whole build up to uncensored has been like ridiculously terrible. Yeah. Right? WCW normally does very good at the at the main angles. The main angles of Hogan versus Macho Man, Hogan versus Piper. Those are all done really well. This team stuff at Uncensored has been brutal because we don't know what's going on. And Piper's family stuff is all over the map. We finally just got the stipulations for the match to this this week. We still don't really know how the match is going to take place because, again, we don't know about triple threats really at this point mm-hmm. or, we, or we're less familiar with them. Um, WWE, this wasn't the best raw that they've done in a while. There was a lot of filler on this show, Mm -hmm. but the Bret Hart Austin stuff is so good. Yeah. Um, it's good. Rocky Maivia is good. Undertaker and Sid isn't good, but Undertaker (laughs) is a big star and really good right now. Meanwhile, on WCW, the only thing that I really enjoyed Actually, I'm not sure if I enjoyed this, <laughs> but I liked <laughs> I liked Piper talking, uh, even though I I never really figured out for sure what he was saying and what was being communicated. <laughs> All the same, even though I didn't understand him, I enjoyed listening yeah. to him. Yeah, the sound of his voice was very comforting. The words. <laughs> Not so much, but yeah. I wasn't able to put the words together into sentences that had meaning uh, that I could decipher. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed the sounds coming out of his mouth. They sounded intense. Well, the good news is that occasionally you can put words together and put it on a website called SpoilerFreeWrestling.com. Yeah, check out SpoilerFreeWrestling.com, all the news you want. None of the spoilers. Enjoy wrestling like you did before the dirt sheets. Yes, where the words make sentences 99% 99% of the time. Yeah, d- depending on how tired I am when I'm writing. Them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And if you want to get a hold of us before the next episode, of course, you can do so on our Instagram page at WGW.WrestlingsGreatishWar. So you can probably just search WGW and you'll find us. Uh, or you can email us at uh, WGWPod at gmail.com. That's WGWPod at gmail.com our inbox is wide open and waiting for you (laughs) that's right and yeah next time we meet we will have the results from uncensored or at the very least we'll be able to tell you what the hell is going on at uncensored i hope (laughs) i hope i'm assuming i'm assuming that ever after having watched uncensored we will know what happened at uncensored but i can't guarantee that I am not willing to go that far because I watched this whole episode of Nitro and I still don't know what's happening. So, But until then, my friends, uh, I am Jeff Moss. And I'm Ian Carey. Still, even after all this time. Yeah. Uh, oh, this, I didn't change it. The world is super weird, but you can get a vaccine for it. So keep calm hey. and uh, uh, watch wrestling. And we'll see you next time right here on WGW Wrestling's Greatish Wall.